My name's Mark. I'm Gabe. And we want to welcome back to the program this morning, Pastor Tom Repke. Good morning, Thomas. How are you? Good morning, Mark and Gabe. I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, We're doing all right today, Mm -hmm. I think. Doing good. Yeah. Good, good. Just like Andre said, it's snappy cool. Hey, uh, we had you back on today because a a, uh, survey came out, new study from Barna yesterday, that shows that a majority of Christians are seeing their calling in life as something they accomplish on their own. So where do we even begin here? Or actually, do we begin with your last appearance? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's this common thread, I think. And, you know, maybe, I mean, as you sort of looked at the the behind the scenes on what Barna did with this, this has been like a 10-year journey of just trying to get a sense of where we are culturally. And then you think about all this in the context of a global pandemic, right, and how that's reset mm-hmm. everything. And so I think we all struggle with, so the book we looked at from Fuller, for, that was you know the three big questions every student is asking. And as we said, I think in our conversation, it's like I think we're all asking, that, you know, who am I, uh, where do I belong, and what's my purpose? And I think, too, it's very American when we think about the idea of, you know, I, well, I just got to do it by on myself. And I think community is something where we all find ourselves. And then as good Reformed people, at least, you know, Presbyterians and Lutherans, when we think about the, the, what the Reformation did back in you know, the 1500s, the idea of vocation, the, the very word is this idea of calling. And I think we have to see that in a whole new way. So it's just interesting that the Barna survey sort of pulls out this idea, well, I just got to go it alone. And I think, you know, that's not the way, uh, and especially the coaches, as they say, that's uh, that are trying to help people find their careers, are trying to lean into helping people see that you need to have other people speak into, you know, how you do life and how you work. And, you know, and the, really the question is, when we show up to work, how do we show up? And are we there willingly? And you think about the problems we have right now with so many businesses struggling to find employees. Mm. You know, I think it's a whole new understanding that we need to sort of go back to an old understanding of, you know, that God's writing the story. And even when you think about, I mean, you all talk about it almost every day, the idea of being in the hallway, you know, that we sometimes don't realize that God is doing something. And sometimes we we want to sort of hurry up the process. But, you know, like Joseph's story, you know, it took 40 years for him to live into his calling, right, in the Old Testament. Yep. So true. So where does this number really come from? I mean, 56% of Christians feel like they need to go it alone. Where have we missed as the church in building this culture as believers where we speak into each other's lives? I mean, after all, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, they will know we are Christians, plural, by our love. So that that automatically implies that we're working together, doesn't it? Well, it should, but I think, you know, especially in today's culture, you know, I think people are fearful to share just where their heart journey is and that somehow there's a judgment in that. And I know in the season of life that I'm in, I'm actually back at the seminary here doing a class on, you know, how to help thriving churches, but the first two sessions were looking at me and how I handle conflict. And, you know, Mm. as a leader, you know, if I squash people in conversations, you know, it's hard to have them want to feel comfortable to come and say, hey, I'm thinking about changing a job and 
uh, maybe finding another pursuit. And then I think, too, as you look through the statistics here, the other couple questions, you know, about how, you know, that there's that one perfect job out there that everybody's looking for. And at the same time, there's a tension, I think, that, you know, where God's placed you where he's got you. So you think about your stories, even when you end up in the hallway, part of it's a shaping and a, you know, chiseling off of the hard, you know, spots to make us into who he wants us to be. And I think it's a, a worldview of seeing that God's writing the story. And so I think as Americans, especially, we all just want to do what we want to do and not do it in the context of community. Pastor Tom Repke with us this morning. And Gabriel, what he's saying is, I think, absolutely right. When I think about some of the time I spent away from broadcasting, two years driving that bus mm-hmm. in Geauga County. And one of the most interesting comments I received was my pastor saying to me, that's quite a ministry you've got there. Mm. Wow. We are supposed to bloom where we're planted. Yeah, well, I think what's interesting about this um, this survey that was done, you know, they say there is one best fit job out there waiting for you to discover it. And uh, you know, a lot of people feel that way. But at the same time, they like the idea of having a lot of options. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, you know, we're, we're in this society where we want a bunch of options. But when it comes to, it seems like our Christian life is like, oh, I'm waiting to discover what i'm supposed to be doing yeah you know i think it's to some degree it's the cultural problem right now of what they call fomo you know and we talked about this too when we talked about the book about the students is this fear of missing out okay when you think about today even though you know employers are having a hard time finding employees there's just so many choices and it's almost overwhelming and Mm -hmm. That idea of, you know, the person like my father's generation, you know, doing the same thing for 40 years, that's just not the way our culture works today. And there's a beauty in that because you can pursue different things. And especially when you talk about Gen Z and and the millennials of just, you know, what is it that's going to, and and they're much more impactful. I mean, they, they actually see their lives, they want their lives to make a difference. Uh, and as opposed to just skating along or just doing duty uh, and and, Mm. and sort of the older generation, the World War II generation. Tom Repke with us. He is a pastor at Linden Road Presbyterian Church. We're talking about a new study from the Barna Group that shows that 56% of those who are Christians see their calling in life as something they accomplish on their own. So I know we got to go to a break here in a couple minutes, but to go in this direction before the break, I think might be a good idea. Is this not necessarily on the 56%? Is this more on the church itself for not being as good as we should be at disciple making? And right. I, and I, yeah, and I also want to ask too, so you can think about this, uh, Pastor Tom, while we're going to break. Um, does this, by any chance have anything to do with the pandemic and us kind of having to go solo for a while. Mm. Um, I just wonder if that has any, you know, any bearing on this study. I think so. I think so. Hmm. Okay. Time right now is seven 15. We'll save those questions for just a moment and be back with pastor Tom in just a couple moments here on heartfelt radio. 91, nine, It is Mornings with Mark and Gabe. 
A portion of our broadcast day is brought to you by New Destiny Treatment Center in Clinton, offering inpatient and outpatient recovery programs. For over 30 years, New Destiny Treatment Center has brought help and healing through psychological and emotional counseling, education, physical exercise, and spiritual guidance. On the web at NewDestinyTreatmentCenter.com. My name's Mark. I'm Gabe. And we've got Pastor Tom Repke with us this morning from Linden Road Presbyterian Church. Good morning, Pastor. How are you? Good morning, Mark and Gabe. I'm great. great. Thank you. So right before the um, the break, we kind of went into two questions. Gabe, go with yours first, and then I'll try to kind of bounce off of that one. Yeah, I just wondered if, if the pandemic in the last 18 months... Um, may have affected this story as far as people looking at their calling as a solo journey now because, you know, we all had to go in. A lot of us were alone. People that lived alone were totally alone. Mm. And we just kind of had to change our life, adjust our life overnight. And I just wondered if that might have had any bearing on this. Well, you know, how did it affect your life, right? I mean, Mm. truthfully, I mean, it's affected all of us. And I think, as we've said, um, in conversations, it's, you know, the, the pandemic, all it did was pivot to some things that were already happening. So you think about how our economy and the technology aspect of it, just, you know, how things are working, uh, you know, Amazon and their big warehouses and how we order things and what that's done to bookstores and you know, department stores. And, and the pandemic just sort of pushed it over the edge. And at the same time, trying to think about, well, what's my purpose in that? And at the end of the day, to be reminded that, you know, God has a good plan for us. And I think that's always the idea going back to seeing that, you know, God has a purpose for our lives. And, you know, it's that mindset, if you will, that worldview that even when I'm starting out on my first job coming out of college, that job is not going to fulfill who I am. And so you think about a student who's just graduated this year who, in the midst of the global pandemic, um, trying to figure that out. And you have to get creative and you know, lean into the the nature that God's given you inside of yourself in terms of how you, how to think about things in a new way. Okay, and now on to that second question, the idea that 56% of people who profess to believe in Jesus see their calling as something they've got to do on their own. You know, obviously, the the initial reaction would be to shake our heads and say, what is the matter with those people? <laughs> and then I think the secondary reaction has to be to look inside of ourselves as the church, big C, capital C, and wonder, are we doing a good enough job at discipleship? Because if yeah. we were doing a good enough job at discipleship, this kind of a number shouldn't really be possible, should it? It shouldn't. And that's the tension, right? And it seems like that's a thread, too, in our conversations. Is It always goes back to that. And it's interesting Barna, and there's a book that's actually being released um, in the connection with this study, is this idea of what they call vocational discipleship. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that we have so compartmentalized our Christianity, you know, that my faith doesn't impact my work. Uh, It's that that that's not the way it's supposed to be. I mean, go back to, again, uh, one of the tenets of the Reformation is, you know, sola dea gloria. You know, Mm -hmm. Johann Sebastian Bach, as I think I've shared before, he didn't see the secular and sacred. He just saw that he was created for a purpose to write music. 
And that music, whether it was a sacred piece or a secular piece, as people would, would call it, um, it was all to the glory of God. And so then even the question about how we do our work, whatever that might be, whether you're working as an attendant at a convenience store or a barista at a coffee shop, you know, how do you show up when you show up at work? And do you show up with an understanding of the people you're serving? And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's this idea of who am I? How, what's my purpose? Where do I belong? And it's that faith community, I think, that helps to shape and tell us that, you know, sometimes, I mean, you've got some people, right, in the church who uh, they may want to usher when we used to have ushers, right? Right now it's kind of complicated, but they <laughs> maybe don't have the gift of ushering and you really maybe don't want them to be on the front line because they just are maybe a gruff and maybe there's a better place they could serve. That in the context of community, I think, where if you're doing it on your own, you may think you have all this ability and you need other people to help shape you. And then the willingness to receive that, because none of us like criticism or, you know, uh, people saying, hey, you're not really doing this well. You know, it's that awkward kind of conversation. Well, here's one. And I think this is interesting, too, because I think we not only need that kind of shaping as believers, as far as discipleship. But we also need, in a way, sometimes sort of a secular kind of discipleship. Here's my my point on that. Uh, the young man who uh, provided us with sports commentary here on right. Mornings with Mark and Gabe, Matt Lodi, passed away yesterday at the age of 46. Now, Matt was a strong believer, uh, but he was mentored from the very beginning by secular sports broadcasters and secular sports reporters. And so in order to do his job with excellence, he took what they gave him and added his walk of faith, and he came out as someone who had tremendous respect in the locker room and in the press room. And I think, you know, you were talking about the tension that we live under as believers. I think that's a perfect example. Where, it is. Where we need to draw from various sources in order to become what Jesus intends us to be. Right. And and if you push into it a little bit more, I mean, it, it's, you know, we deal with the the reality is that Matt is no longer with us, but I, I, you know, and I never met Matt other than what you've afforded us the opportunity through the, this medium of radio mm-hmm. and, and the beauty of his life that even in the midst of him doing his job of reporting on, on sports, he leaned into being very transparent and honest about the journey he was on. And I, I started following him on Twitter. And when he would ask for prayer, I would, you know, send him a, a tweet to encourage him knowing that, Man, that's just a hard place to be. Right. And I think it's amazing, you know, that we get to celebrate his life and that the, his work, even though it was sports casting or sports you know, writing, his God also gave him a purpose to share his story. And you know, let's let's pray that you know his journey over these last few months, that even how we respond to it here, as you're going to a little bit in the next hour with with Terry, to honor you know Matt's you know, sort of leaning into a difficult season of work. Uh, and it was work that, you know, to- he toiled, but he's the way he showed up. And he was honest about, this is really difficult, and I'm I'm struggling with this, but pray for me, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do, which is, you know, mm-hmm. tell the story about sports. And he did it both well. What would you say, um, Pastor Tom, to uh, the person that does feel like this is um, – 
you know, this is a solo journey. Their calling is a solo journey or the person is waiting for some kind of sign or, you know, the perfect mm. thing to come along before they, um, you know, it, it look for a calling or look for things to do. You know, there's always things to, uh, there's always things we can be doing in ministry. But what would you say to the person that's waiting on that or that, that thinks they should do this alone? Well, I, again, it's that reinforcement. So uh, the sense of out of the garden, literally out of Genesis 3, we are, uh, our calling has been to work. And, and that God says to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion of the earth. And so in that context, even to the person that's trying to figure out, the college student that just graduated, uh, is to lean in uh, and, and to see what God does, even when you're in the hallway. And that's where you can be transparent. And I really appreciate the conversations we've had about our, our family journeys. You know, Mark, you shared some things the last time we were together. Uh, talking about the book, just you're your growing up and what you experienced. You know, there's a generation that's around us, especially that needs to hear that. And when we're transparent in that way, then then we can see and encourage and say, look, it's complicated, but your your first job is not going to be your fulfilling job. But if you take it to prayer uh, and to live lend to that, uh, you know, Psalms 90 says, "Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands." Yes, establish the work of our hands. You know, so no matter what you're doing, even if it seems like it's menial and not where you want to spend the rest of your life, that God can actually use you in that moment uh, to bless your neighbor, to mm -hmm. uh, allow you to be generous, right, um, in how we engage with our families. I mean, there's just all sorts of things. And I think, again, it's the we've disconnected these things, and we need to somehow reconnect them. And I think that's what the, the behind the survey and the book they've written about you, you're on purpose is – you know, Rick Warren wrote a book, you know, The Purpose Driven Life, the same kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's to understand it in the context of God's in charge. He's writing a plan. Even if you're in the hallway right now or you're not in that fulfilling job, that he he's writing the story. And we can take confidence in that. And I think especially those of us that have been through this journey, a little bit older, more seasoned, Gabe, you didn't answer question specifically, is to say to them, no, it will get better. If you walk with Jesus and, and invite him into your your journey, you're going to find purpose and focus and, and find fulfillment, ultimately, because it's about serving him. I think um, what you said um, in the moment, that I think that's where it's at. Because if you have the opportunity, you know what I mean, which we always have opportunities, um, we can pray and ask God to, to navigate our day to, you know, give us a, some purpose to serve. But I think it's about in the moment, right? Uh, if you see the opportunity to minister or to help someone, to help your neighbor, just doing that in the moment right. and not waiting, right. right? Right. And I think going back to Matt's story, I mean, in the moment, he, he could have just said, I'm done and I'm going to go, you know, and not pay attention to the, you know, the public things. And no, he, he walked a very difficult journey and we're blessed by that. Um, mm -hmm. We're impacted by that. And, you know, in his short 46 years, the weight of his life, you know, his, as Aristotle would call his gravitas, the presence he has in the community, we feel it in a whole different way. And like you said, Mark, you, you've got to meet him and, you know, it's just what telling the story of what God's doing. And I think that's the part of it, Gabe, is in the moment is to make sure we don't miss that. And, and yet yeah. our culture doesn't want that, right? It's very confusing when we try to live from our good hearts. Well, Pastor Tom, uh, the article, again, the study from the Barna Group, it's right at the top of their homepage, Barna, B-A-R-N-A dot com. 
And uh, Pastor Tom, if you could pray us into this Wednesday and uh, just make us aware and help us to think about calling. Let's do that. Uh, Jesus, we're grateful for the life you've given us this morning. And as we've talked about all these things, even as we think about Matt Lodi and, and his calling and his purpose and how he's even shaped us, and many of us haven't met him, that we pray like Psalm 90, that the work that you've given us today, that we do it well. And by us doing it well and leaning into it, even though it may not be as fulfilling as we want, is that if we see it as the purpose that you've given us in the moment, may we sense your delight in us as uh, as we lean into it. Uh, and just pray that you'll help us to sharpen ourselves and be uh, the followers that need to be and to bring the kingdom in, in all that we meet, to show your love to those that need that cold, uh, cup of cold water. But in all these things, we just pray and thank you for the life you've given us and pray against the darkness that wants to frustrate us to see who you are and your desire for us. And we just thank you now through Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Thank you. Thanks, Mark and Gabe. Blessings on the day. Blessings. Uh, and again, the new study from Barna available at their homepage, www.barnabarna.com. Oh boy, that with that study, it just, just real quick, it just, um, we're going more and more into isolation. It seems that's a good word for it. That's, yeah, that's sad, and it is. Mm. And hopefully, that as those who disciple, we can turn that around as the church, capital C. Yeah, yeah. more work to do.